tonight I want to deal with the subject of how we manage and how we handle conflict in marriage. And actually the keys that I'll be talking about, we'll discuss this evening, will work pretty much for any relationship, but I'm focusing primarily on managing and handling conflict in marriage. Uh, first of all, let me begin with my working definition of conflict. My working definition of conflict is this right here. Conflict is unsettled disagreements that stress a relationship. Unsettled disagreements that stress a relationship. Conflict is those issues that we have that we don't resolve. And as long as they're not resolved, as long as they remain unresolved, there remains a certain level of stress in the relationship. There's a certain level of tension in the relationship as a result of unresolved issues. And unfortunately, it may lead to one of both partners or uh, one of both persons in a relationship beginning to walk around like, like their own eggshells, afraid to do things wrong, afraid to say things wrong, simply because of that stress, that tension that's present as a result of unresolved issues. And that's what conflict is all about. It's those unresolved, unsettled disagreements, issues that put stress on a relationship. And you know, when there are problems or disagreements or arguments, the stress level goes up. Your normal stress level may be a zero or one or a two or a three. But when there's a problem or a disagreement, when we have arguments, the stress level goes up to seven, eight, nine. Unfortunately, in some very bad circumstances, that stress level goes up to a ten, depending on what the issue is. Uh, when that stress issue, when that stressful issue is resolved, then your stress level goes back down to zero or one or two or three, you know, some stable level there. Uh, 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 but th the, the problem is that too many of our problems, too many of our disagreements and arguments, we don't get resolved. When we engage in them, we get emotionally excited but we don't resolve the matter. We sometimes people shout and holler or, or get quiet and separate and, and do whatever and, and they think it blows over, but the issue doesn't really get resolved. And because the issue or the matter remains unresolved, the stress level never goes back down to that stable area. It never goes back down to that one, two, or three. It may not be as high as eight, nine, or ten, but it's higher than it really should be because of the unresolved matter in the relationship. It doesn't go back down because there's always the thought in the mind What's going on? What's going to happen? How do I deal with this? The stress level remains elevated, and that puts added stress on the relationship overall. When you can't get that stress level back down to that manageable, stable point, one, two, or three, your stress level remains elevated, and now you've got more stress on the relationship than you really need, and it's gonna wear the relationship down if you don't get the matter resolved. You know, I, I liken it to any joint, and a joint is simply where two parts come together, be it a knee joint or an elbow joint or a shoulder joint or a joint uh, uh, in the car's uh, 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 chassis. A joint is simply where two parts come together.
and any joint is made to withstand a certain amount of stress for a certain amount of time. Any joint under the wrong amount of stress for the wrong amount of time, it's going to give. It's going to reach its limit. It's going to break. It's going to give. It's just going to be destroyed. Likewise, marriage is similar to a joint. Two people have joined together, and those two coming together form a joint. And these two have become one. Uh, uh, they're made in the marriage to withstand some stress, some conflict, that those unresolved issues. But, but, but the stress and the conflict, it places constant, unrelenting stress on the relationship. And if it's the wrong level of stress, if it's the wrong amount of stress, if it's stressing the relationship for too long, it will come so, become so distressed until it just breaks down. And here is the real danger of unresolved conflict. It allows resentment and bitterness to build up. And resentment and bitterness eat away at a marriage just like arthritis eats away at your knee joints or rust eats away at steel. When conflict goes unresolved, the stress that comes from it will eat away at the relationship until the relationship disintegrates or falls apart. Now, I, I don't mind telling you that I, I, I've got a lot to cover here and a lot that I would like to say on this issue. So I'm not going to be surprised at all if we have to do a part two on next week to get to this. But I want to move as briefly, as quickly as I can. But uh, I need you to listen up. If we don't get our issues resolved, the unresolved conflict will eat away at the marriage relationship until it just eats it up. So it's no surprise when a husband or a wife is, is so filled with resentment or so filled with bitterness or, or so filled with anger until the partner can't say or do anything right. It's a good indicator that there are some unresolved issues there. Here's what I'm really trying to say to you. Conflict in marriage is not necessarily about whether or not there are arguments or disagreements. Conflict in marriage is not necessarily about fights in a marriage. The important thing about conflict is whether or not the disagreements or the arguments or the fight, whether or not it is resolved. When there is real resolution, and that definitely includes forgiveness, you can't have real resolution without forgiveness. You can't just say, we're going to move on. There must be some real forgiveness in order for there to be real resolution. So when there is real resolution, the stress on the joint is gone and the joint lasts a lot longer. When there's real resolution, instead of wearing the joint down, real resolution actually strengthens the joint, actually helps the joint to last longer. And, and, and as I said, you know, the important thing is not so much not necessarily whether or not there's conflict in the marriage because truth be told every relationship every marriage has some conflict there's some degree of conflict there is some level of conflict and any couple who says that they don't have conflict they're in a serious state of denial 
and I've, I've ministered to couples over a, a lot of years, over decades now, and I hear some couples who who say early on in the marriage, but they've been married one or two years maybe, they tell me things like, we know how to solve all of our problems, and we talk it out, and yada, 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 and they speak in these lofty utopian terms that make it sound like they have marriage all together. They found the key to really uh, uh, thriving in a relationship, and they've answered all the questions. When truth be told, they haven't even come into the questions yet. Uh, every relationship has some level or some degree of conflict. But the important question is not does your relationship have conflict. The important question is does the conflict get resolved? Unresolved conflict can wear on you, can wear you down mentally, wear you down emotionally, wear you down psychologically. Unresolved conflict can can impact your faith in God. Unresolved conflict can color the way you see the world. Unresolved conflict can actually bring about feelings of hopelessness and negative thought patterns. One or both of you in the marriage relationship may see, sink deeper and deeper and deeper into despair until you just give up. And that's where divorce comes in. And unfortunately, the divorce rate is pushing 50%. And not only that, not only is the divorce rate pushing 50%, but 25% of people who are married now have, have been divorced at least once. And a good part of that, a good part of the energy pushing divorce is unresolved conflict. You want to get it resolved because if not, it can really impact the way you see life. Any couple who says they don't fight, they're definitely living in some la-la land. That is straight up denial. Listen. Admitting that you fight, admitting that you argue, admitting that you have disagreements, that's not an admission to failure. That's not an admission to weakness. That's simply being honest about the matter. Every couple enjoys the same weakness, and that same weakness that every couple enjoys is the fact that we're all human. No two of us are exactly alike. When you marry someone, you marry someone who is different from you. Oftentimes, we can't even get along with ourselves. We have disagreement and conflict within our own hearts and minds. So you know it's automatic. It's inevitable that we're going to have disagreement, conflict, even arguments and fights with someone that we marry. Fighting in a marriage is not the worst thing. Again, it's not, the question is not, do we fight? Do we argue? Do we have conflict? The question is, do we get it resolved? So in managing conflict, these fights and arguments and disagreements, they're going to come up. You need to know how to handle the fight. You need to know how to fight. You need to know how to argue. You need to know how to handle disagreements. So let me talk just a little bit about how to have a fight here. And I know this sounds contradictory to faith. It sounds contradictory. I, I'm, I'm 
you, you may think that I'm trying to teach you how to fail or something like that. No, quite the contrary. I'm trying to give a strategy for success. It's inevitable that we're going to have fights in our marriage, so it would behoove us to come up with a strategy for dealing with the inevitable. There is a such thing as dirty fighting. <laughs> dirty fighting, that, that's when you get into it with your spouse and you intend to hurt, you intend to cause pain. You intentionally hit below the belt. Your only aim is to get your own way. You want to make your partner hurt. You want to make your partner look bad. You want to make your partner feel bad. Dirty fighting tries to get back at your partner. Dirty fighting wants to alienate your partner, wants to humiliate your partner. Dirty fighting feels good when your partner hurts. That does sound dirty, doesn't it? Dirty fighting is more concerned about winning than preserving the marriage relationship. Dirty fighting would rather come out of a fight saying, I won the fight, rather than I made the marriage relationship stronger. That's dirty fighting. Dirty fighting is all about feeling good about yourself. But then on the other hand, there's clean fighting. And clean fighting works diligently to find a solution to the issue. And the solution that you're looking for is one that works for the marriage and just not one person in the marriage. Clean fighting looks for a way out that brings about winning for both parties in the relationship. Clean fighting looks for an, an amicable resolution to the problem. It's not just concerned about looking good. It's not concerned about winning. As a matter of fact, clean fighting is never concerned about winning. Because when you're in the marriage, if my wife and I are going to fight, and I'm glad because I win, that infers that my wife lost. And how in the world can I win if my wife loses? I only win when my wife wins. My wife only wins when I win. So clean fighting is concerned about finding a solution to an issue that works for the marriage overall and not just one person in the marriage. If you're into dirty fighting, something is wrong with your heart. Wow. You know what, I, I think I want to pause right here for a station break and just remind you that you are listening to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic here on WGPF 1350 on your AM dial. This is the broadcast where we break down, we're discussing the dynamics of relationships in marriages and family because if you manage those relationships successfully, you'll be better equipped to manage your other relationships in your life, in the world, on your job. So we're here to help you with that. Do me a favor, call me, let me know you're listening to us, email me, cdhodges at hotmail.com. Look me up on Facebook, you can find me under Bishop Carl Hodges. Contact me, inbox me, email me. Let me know that you're listening to us. Let me know that we're having some sort of an impact there. You know, we really need to hear from you so that we can know that we're heading in the right direction or whether or not we need to change directions. We need to hear from you. So do us a favor. Cue us in there. Let us hear from you. All right? Again, I'm, I'm telling you that clean fighting 
clean fighting works for the good of the marriage relationship overall. And as I oftentimes say to my couples, if either one of you are so bent, are so set on being who you are, even when you see that it's not working well for the marriage, again, you've got a problem in your heart. Clean fighting works hard to come up with a win-win. But if you're concerned about winning and losing, something is wrong in your heart and you need to do some serious, deep soul searching. Clean fighting works hard to ensure that the other wins because it knows when the other win, you win. Did you know that you could fight and still love each other? Love can even grow stronger and deeper after a fight because there is resolution and the husband and the wife, they know each other better and they're more determined than ever to serve each other's needs. Just like we said on last week, it's about serving each other. So when there's clean fighting involved, the love can grow stronger. The commitment, the intimacy can grow deeper and stronger because there is resolution and knowledge flows. You know, there, there's a gentleman who has done some extensive research on marriage. His name is John Gottman. And Mr. Gottman wrote a book titled, Why Marriages Succeed or Fail. And in the book, Mr. Gottman describes three, three styles of handling conflict. There's volatile, affirming, and avoidant. In volatile, volatile conflict style, the husband and the wife, they may get into heated, passionate arguments. They go back and forth challenging each other, and oftentimes they don't reach any resolution. But then they reach back mentally and emotionally, and they grab a hold of some good memories, and they reach back mentally and emotionally, and they regurgitate and bring up some past favorable good feelings and, and good experiences, good memories. And when they consider those feelings, those memories, those experiences, they decide that all of the good outweighs any of the bad in this conflict. So they decide that what they have is too precious to let go of, and they're well satisfied in the relationship. That's what you call volatile. They go at it, but they come out of it saying, we've come too far to turn around. And then there's validating conflict. In validating conflict style, this is a style we hope to replicate. We really would like to replicate because in the validating conflict style, couples are able to talk about their issues. They're able to listen to each other. They're able to work out their problems. They work on them together. They offer mutual support. They validate each other's feelings. They're sure that each other is in it for the other. This is the validating style. They understand that they're actually working together and they're looking for a resolution to conflict that benefits the marriage overall, that benefits them both, that helps them both grow, helps them both come to an understanding and learn the other, grow deeper appreciation and love for the other. That's a validating conflict style. It's all about appreciating the other's position, appreciating the other's interest, and putting the other's position and interest before my own. That's a validating conflict style. And the third and final conflict style is avoidant conflict style. In avoidant conflict style, couples don't deal with their problems. 
the couple the couple calls themselves different they say i'm strong-willed they say i'm independent they both of them the husband and the wife they know they have different opinions they agree on a lot of things but they disagree on a lot of things and when a problem come up they retreat they get quiet one will go to the bedroom or they'll just get quiet sometime for a couple of two or three days they didn't have a blow up but they didn't deal with the issue unfortunately many couples in the avoidant conflict style they believe that because they don't actually have a blow up then they're successfully managing conflict when the truth of the matter is avoiding the issue is not successfully managing conflict avoiding the issue is delaying the inevitable it's going to build up and by the time you do deal with it it may come out in ways that you really don't want it to come out mr gottman's research suggests that all three types all three types may help build a marriage and make it strong and you know mentally uh, uh, or, or mental health professionals believe that the volatile and the avoidant styles are mostly destructive. And when you define them, the volatile and the avoidant, the volatile, we just blow up. The avoidant, we're not going to deal with it. We stay away from it. Most people believe that those two would be destructive and the validating style would actually be constructive. But I, I, I kind of agree with Mr. Gottman here, and, and I see where he's saying uh, uh, it seems like the avoidant and the volatile styles will be more destructive, but the deal is sometimes a different situation will call for a different style of handling conflict. Sometimes we need to be quiet and avoid a subject, at least temporarily, until we work it out in our minds exactly what it is we're feeling and why it is we're feeling that. So sometimes it's good to avoid an issue, at least temporarily. And then the volatile style is good to the extent that you have to get some things off your chest. It's good to get them off before you become so emotionally charged until you do go off. But it's not good to hold things in. You need to work it in your mind, work it out in your heart, and then present it in a fair fighting way in a good fighting way to your spouse. The key is make sure that we make a whole lot of positive experiences and memories so that we can have something to fall back on when we deal with conflict. Let me say that again. Another thing that you do while you're doing everything else, while you're dealing with your conflict, while you're learning conflict strategy, something that you can do every day is make a memory. On your date nights, make a memory. Try to make a memory every week. Go on a walk, have a talk, watch a movie, cuddle, call each other on the phone, send each other an email. Make a memory. Remember when the children were small? Go back over those memories and rejoice and, and revel in those memories because it will help you deal with conflict. It will help you come to resolution when there is conflict in the marriage. So I always advise couples to make memories. You know, earlier I spoke of something being wrong in the heart. If you're into dirty fighting, then something is wrong in your heart. 
if you're not in it for the betterment of the marriage, something's wrong in your heart. If you believe that you're okay trying to hurt your spouse or if you're looking, if you feel good at all when your spouse hurts, something is wrong in your heart. And I want to give you some questions that you can ask yourself to give yourself kind of a heart checkup. If you want to detect your heart issues, if you want to detect what's going on in your heart, here's some questions that you can ask yourself. Give yourself kind of a heart checkup here. Number one, am I stuck in pride? And that means, do I focus on my feelings? Am I, am I always striving to be right? Am I the one who has to be right all the time? Am I more concerned about being right than I am about helping the marriage? So the first question is, am I stuck in pride? The second question is, am I a fault finder? Do I always point out my partner's faults? Or even when I'm not together with my partner, even when there's distance between you, maybe you work on jobs and you work in different places, you're at work, your partner, your husband, or your wife is at work also. During the day, you know you're going to have to talk about some issues that evening. During the day, are you going over your partner's faults? Are you rehearsing how to tell your partner about all of their faults? However calm you plan on doing it, however smoothly you plan on doing it, do you rehearse going over your partner's faults? If so, that's an indicator you have a heart problem. I love Colossians, the fourth chapter and verse number six from the Message Bible. It says, be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down not cut them out. And again, if the scripture cannot work in our marriages, where can the scripture work in our lives? The third question on your heart checkup, do I dwell on the bad times? Hmm. Do I dwell on the bad times? Again, we're going to have to, I see now we've only got a couple of minutes left. We're going to have to go over this on next week. I'm going to conclude this uh, or maybe not even conclude, but I'm going to go over some more of this on next week, uh, how to handle conflict. Uh, uh, but right now, right now I'm posing the question, do you have a heart problem? If you feel better when your spouse feels bad, you have a heart problem. It may be that you're stuck in your pride. It may be that you're a fault finder. You practice your partner's faults. You know, if we can look at ourselves honestly, we would look at our partners a lot differently. And we told you on last week, Jesus asked that question. Why are you looking at the beam in your brother's eye when you have a mote in your own eye? We get so good at detecting and describing and defining our partner's problems. And a part of that is that we're ignoring and denying our own. Again, if you feel better pointing out your partners while you ignore your own, you have a problem in your heart. And you need a serious heart checkup. I hope you hear me on tonight. We're going to get back to this on next week. But I want you to remember those three styles, those three styles of handling conflict, the volatile conflict style. You go at it, but you come out of it, and you go back to normal. 
there's the validating conflict style where you both are able to talk about it you're able to make each other feel good about it you find resolution that that's good for the marriage and then there's the avoidant conflict style and that's where an issue or problem comes up and you just don't deal with it at all all right so pick yours out Understand which one you're in, and if you feel good at your partner feeling bad, you've got a problem in your heart. Listen, you've been listening to us, to us on Marriage and Family Clinic. Again, do me a favor. Let me know you're listening. Let me know if you, we did you any good tonight. Uh, you can send me an email at cdhodges at hotmail.com or look me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. Uh, uh, I want to take a moment also and wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, remember, don't stuff yourself until you just fall asleep because gluttony is a sin also. Enjoy family and friends and take the time to really thank the Lord for his goodness in your life. Listen, we look forward to being with you again on next week, the same time, right here, 6 to 6.30 p.m. This is Marriage and Family Clinic. We'll be here at WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. Remember, you cannot have peace without surrendering to the Prince of Peace. This is your host, Bishop Hodges, saying tune in next week. We'll see you right here at Marriage and Family Clinic. God bless you and God keep you.